This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Riding solo today inside the electric factory. Just Euler, no Motes. He was a late addition to the injury report. He's all right. Don't worry about Motesy. He'll be just fine. I don't want you to worry. But this is going to be the part where I'm going to attempt to do my best Arthur Motes impersonation. I guess. Normally, around this time, about 12.30 Eastern Standard Time on a Friday is when it's time for Five Star Friday. It's a real simple concept, folks. I'm sure most of you are familiar, but just in case you're not, normally at this time, we go into the classroom with the keen football mind of Arthur Motes, a decade of NFL experience to tell us what are the five matchups that are going to determine the winner of the Steelers' upcoming game? This time, Sunday, 1 o'clock, Heinz Field against those Denver Broncos. Well, no Arthur Motes today, but that's no excuse. I'm going to p- attempt to put on, to fill those rather large shoes of Motesy. It's time for Five Star Friday. We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not going to be us. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup! Anybody we play, it's a five-star matchup because we're in it! Five-star Friday! Matchup number one! Well, this is like really, this is weird teeing myself up here. I feel like I'm like... Serving myself in volleyball. You can't do that. <laughs> Five Star Friday matchup number one. It's Ben Roethlisberger. We're starting right at the top here, folks, versus the talented cornerbacks of the Denver Broncos, Patrick Sertain and Kyle Fuller, chief most amongst them. We talked a little bit about this on the show yesterday, but I think it bears repeating now uh, here in this segment. Five Star Friday. Folks, the Broncos defense, a big part of the reason why they have had the success that they've had early in the season, the success particularly that they've had on defense uh, against everybody besides the Baltimore Ravens last week is because they have two corners that are studs that they trust to leave on an island that quite often can lock down their opposition, and it allows the Broncos to do so much around them. Like when you've got Kyle Fuller and Patrick Sertain you you really, it gives you so much freedom with the rest of your defense because you can leave those two on an island without a ton of help. You can trust them, and that gives you, again, just the freedom to do a lot of other things that a lot of defenses can't do because they don't have two talented corners like that. I think probably the Broncos have the best one-two tandem of any cornerbacks in the National Football League. Pat Sertain, a little banged up, but still very effective. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger has to be careful. This Steelers offense can't turn the ball over. Ben cannot turn the ball over. They have to make plays. They have to score points. They're averaging one and a half touchdowns per game on offense, and that's just never going to cut it in the NFL in 2021 where you have to score points to win games, point blank, period. I know that defense still matters, particularly as the season rolls along. Defense really matters, but you have to be able to score points in the National Football League to win games consistently. That's just the way the league is set up. The Steelers' offense obviously needs to do that, but what they cannot do is turn the ball over and put the defense in inopportune situations. It needs to go the other way, right? The Steelers' defense has to be the one taking the ball away and setting the offense up 
opportune moments, short field opportunities. The Steelers have to take care of the football, and a big part of that is going to be making sure that Pat Sertain and Kyle Fuller can't take the ball away. There's been there's been too many interceptions this uh, early on in the season so far. Too many turnovers. Period for the offense. That can't continue, and that's why I think number one here, starting it off with a bang. Why not? Maybe chief most amongst these five star matchups. Ben Roethlisberger against the talented cornerbacks of the Denver Broncos. That's matchup number one. Five-star Friday, matchup number two, Joe Schobert and Devin Bush versus Noah Fant. This is going to have to be a group effort. Honestly, Micah Fitzpatrick is probably going to play into this conversation as well, too. But the Broncos are a little banged up on offense. You know, Jerry Judy's not going to play. K.J. Hamler's not going to play. And those are two very talented wide receivers. But they still have Cortland Sutton, and they still have Noah Fant, two great pass catchers. You have to be able to limit Noah Fant. You know, honestly, that was one of the things that the Steelers, one of the few things that the Steelers did well against the Raiders. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league, in the world, in all of football, and he was very quiet against Pittsburgh. They, they need to do that again against Noah Fant while, you know, not allowing the, the big play to Henry Ruggs, not allowing the big play to Cortland Sutton like they did, you know, the 61-yard touchdown against the Raiders. You've got to be able to limit Noah Fant. If he gets going, if he takes over, he's got the ability to be one of those tight ends that is just a matchup nightmare. Joe, Devin Bush, probably Minka Fitzpatrick have to have their hand in that pile as well, too. That's your second matchup to keep an eye on. Five-star Friday, matchup number three. It's Garrett Bowles, the left tackle of the Denver Broncos offensive line against Melvin Ingram and Alex Highsmith. Uh, Listen, folks, TJ Watt, he's going to go up against Bobby Maisie. Maisie's going to get some help there, uh, either from Noah Fant or from one of the tight ends of the Broncos. They're going to slide protection to TJ's side, basically, is what I'm saying. And we all know TJ should still have a big game. That's what he gets paid for is to be able to excel in those situations. But Garrett Bowles is a guy who's had an interesting career. He was a high draft pick. He started out his career. A lot of people were calling him a bust. And then he was able to figure it out. I still don't know if he's lived up to the pedigree of where he was selected or the contract that he got. But he's a solid left tackle now. Maybe a, a good reclamation project by Matt uh, by Mike Munchak there. But Garrett Bowles is going to be on an island against Ingram, against Highsmith. They have to win that matchup. Point blank, period. Because then it becomes harder to slide all the protection to TJ Watt's side if you're getting pressure on the left side as well, too. It's a big one for the Steelers' defense. Ingram, Highsmith, they have to have their way one-on-one with Garrett Bowles. They have to be able to get pressure there. That's your third matchup to keep an eye on. Five-star Friday. Matchup number four. How about this? Special teams versus special teams. These are two teams that already this season have had a lot of uh, momentum swinging plays, both good and bad, take place on special teams. Whether it be in the punt game, whether it be in the kick game, uh, special teams have been significant for both of these teams. The Steelers have had some good and some bad there, right? Uh, Against Buffalo, that's a big reason why you won that game was because your special teams, you were able to block a punt, score a touchdown, flip that game around. They did do the same thing on Sunday against the Packers up at Lambeau, right? But unfortunately, the refs stole it from them. But the Steelers have also had some negatives on the year. You know, Boswell missed a kick that he should have made. Presley Harvin III has had some punts that have not been varsity level. I think a lot of these same parallels you can draw with the Broncos. They've had good special teams moments. They've struggled there. 
You got to be careful with Deontay Spencer. We all remember that name. You can't let him get going in the return game. Special teams versus special teams. When you've got two teams like the Broncos and the Steelers, two teams that I think are pretty evenly matched, two teams that desperately want to get a win on Sunday, and two teams that don't want to make that mistake that's going to blow the game open. They want to play responsible, smart football. That's easy to talk about on offense and on defense, and we've done plenty of that. But special teams as well, too. Like we've talked about for the Steelers, special teams has to be above the board. Special teams has to be above the line, has to be varsity level. When you're a team that's struggling to win games, when you're a team that's struggling on offense and has a ton of injuries on defense, your special teams has to be a net positive. And I think in Denver, they're probably preaching that same thing. And that is why the special teams units, all of them, punt, punt return, kick, kick return, you got to be buttoned up. Special teams versus special teams feels like it has a real opportunity to sway the momentum in this game, as we've already seen for the Steelers twice in four games, a big special teams moment. It's happening 50% of the time out there so far. I would expect that to continue. That's your fourth matchup. A bigger picture one there, but both special teams, the special teams of Pittsburgh against the special teams of Denver. And then your fifth and final Five-star Friday! (laughs) Matchup number five is Cam Hayward against the interior of the Broncos' offensive line. Look, folks, Cam Hayward, stud. All pro, pro bowler, aside from Aaron Donald, arguably the best defensive lineman of this generation. He's a beast. He's criminally underrated. We know how good he is here in Pittsburgh. Cam Hayward, there's been more pressure, more expectation, I think, set on him now in the absence of Stephon Tuitt and Tyson Alualu. But we know the Big 97 has always been capable of rising to the challenge, of meeting those challenges in his career. The Broncos' interior of their offensive line, folks, is not great. Lloyd Cushenberry, their center, is young and inexperienced. Dalton Risner and Graham Glasgow, their two guards, they leave a lot to be desired in the talent department, and they're both dealing with injuries. It looks like they're going to play, but they're both listed as questionable ahead of Sunday. Even more so if one of those guys doesn't play. This is a matchup that Cam Hayward needs to dominate, that the Steelers' defense needs to take advantage of. You gotta be able to make hay, to make way against the interior of that Broncos line. They're not great, and they're injured. That's a bad combination. We've seen that from the Steelers' offensive line at times this season. You've gotta be able to take advantage. Cam Hayward versus the Broncos' interior. That is your fifth and final five-star Friday matchup. So just to recap here, if you want to double-check your notes or maybe if you missed it from the start, five-star Friday matchup number one is Ben Roethlisberger against the talented corners, Sertain and Fuller of the Broncos. Got to take care of the football. Got to be able to make plays against those two studs. Matchup number two, uh, Joe Schobert, Devin Bush, Mika Fitzpatrick, anyone who's going to be covering Noah Fant. You've got to limit him. You can't let him run wild in the middle of the field and and really influence this game. He has one of those tight ends that has the opportunity to be a real mismatch nightmare out there. You can't let that happen. Number three is Garrett Bowles, the left tackle of the Broncos against Ingram and Highsmith. 
All that extra protection is going to get slid to the right side for TJ Watt. Ingram and Highsmith have to be able to take advantage. Garrett Bowles has to be able to hold those guys off. That, to me, is a real key thing to keep an eye on, I think particularly early in the game, and how that influences what the Steelers can do on defense and how the Broncos call their offense the rest of the way. Garrett Bowles versus Ingram and Highsmith, matchup number three. Number four is real simple. It's special teams versus special teams. Both of these teams have had their big special teams moments. They've also had costly special teams moments. Feels like that could be a real X factor. Feels like that could swing, be the difference in uh, what fixes to be a close game this weekend. Got to be buttoned up on the third side of the football. Special teams for both teams. All units involved feel massive Sunday at Heinz Field. That's number four. And finally, five-star Friday matchup number five, Cam Hayward versus the Broncos interior. Cushenberry, Risner, Glasgow, those guys are injured. Those guys are not, you know, all pros in the first place. Got to take advantage. Got to have success there on the interior of the offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And folks, those, <laughs> in my best Arthur Motes impression, are your five-star Friday matchups for Steelers versus Broncos. We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not going to be us. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, if you want to chime in, that's where I'll take your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. If you're just joining us, no mozi today, but we're still having our, our Friday fixings. Just did five-star Friday. Yes, I will sing the Here We Go song before we get out of here later on in the show. I did want to continue, though, because we had played you know, some, um, some matchup previews from Steelers.com, those roundtable conversations uh, that I do enjoy so much. Here is the, the X's and O's breakdown, the playbook side, if you will, of Steelers-Broncos. Hi, everyone, and welcome into the Factorback Studios for the Steelers Playbook Show. We're going to take a look at the matchup between the Steelers and the Denver Broncos. They're come rolling into town. Now, we're going to start with the Steelers defense. The Broncos have a two-headed monster with Williams and Melvin Gordon. They're going to run the football. So the Steelers must control the line of scrimmage and win at the point of attack. What does all of that mean? Well, that's why we got tape to show you. I'll show you what winning at the line of scrimmage and the point of attack means. Here's a great example against the Green Bay Packers, okay? There's the line of scrimmage. The actual point of attack for the runner Jones is gonna be outside here. So you wanna win there. If you can win in those two areas, you neutralize that runner. So at the snap, let's take a look at what happens right off the bat. All right, first thing that you notice, when the runner has the ball in his hands, he's got the point of attack. It looks like he's got the corner. I love this about Cam Hayward. He's already winning at the line of scrimmage. No way that runner's coming back here. Now what becomes really important, watch Highsmith right here. Watch how quickly he gets rid of the tight end and his face is gonna be going down to the dirt here, neutralizing where that runner goes. Look how quick, well look at those hands, he's about ready. Now he works to the outside, here comes Hayward and you have controlled the line of scrimmage, you won at the point of attack and the runner can't go anywhere. From the end zone you really get a look at this. All right, point of attack right here. Line of scrimmage, watch Hayward, Highsmith. Every one of them do an excellent job to win. I love this angle right here. Hayward's already won. Now, if Highsmith does not win, 
I'm telling you, Jones keeps going. But because both guys win, you control the line of scrimmage. You win at the point of attack. Now, I understand this is just one play. If they win like this on a consistent basis, that will bode well for them winning this game because the Broncos do have that two-headed monster. And let me show you Williams, their rookie, and why you want to control the line of scrimmage and not give him options. When you look at last week against the Baltimore Ravens, they did not do that a few times. Here's the point of attack. They're going to double here and pull the guard. So the point of attack for this runner is going to be right down here. Now I want you to see how they lose control of the line of scrimmage. At the snap of the ball, boy, they do a great job. Unbelievable here. They double this, they move. Look at this guard. He's coming around here to dig out here. You got people accounted for. Watch the line of scrimmage move. There was the line of scrimmage, okay? Everybody's going this way. Now the runner has options. He can stay here. He can cut back here. He can cut all the way back here, which he eventually does when you control the line of scrimmage. Now he breaks a tackle, but you give the runner options. This is why you got to control the line of scrimmage. The guy is a beast. Now from the end zone, you're going to get a much better feel for how important it is to control the line of scrimmage and point of attack. Here's the point of attack, remember. They're coming around here. This is beautiful, but I want you to see something. Look at how the line of scrimmage is controlled. I mean, everybody's accounted for. From a runner's perspective, I can go here, here, or back here, which he eventually does. I can even bounce out here because the line of scrimmage has been controlled by Denver. Well, that's why it's important. The Steelers must win the line of scrimmage and at the point of attack because these two guys are going to be a focus for the Denver Broncos. I don't care who starts at quarterback for the Denver Broncos, that's your focus. If the Steelers win a majority of the time, it puts all the pressure on the quarterbacks to play well. Next, we're gonna talk about the Steeler offense. Explosive plays in the passing game. Can they get more? Absolutely, with formations. Welcome back to the Steelers Playbook Show. I mentioned explosive plays with formations. You probably thought, what does that mean? Well, formations can help you with protection, giving your quarterback time, because ultimately you need time to throw the ball down the field. And you got a guy named Von Miller from the Denver Broncos who's pretty good at getting after the quarterback. Now, yes, you're going to have to block him, but you can use formations to derail him before he can get to the quarterback to give your quarterback time. Here's an example that the Ravens did against the Denver Broncos. Formations, remember I was saying formations. Well, they take their fullback slash tight end slash pulling guard. They put him right up here. What does that do? That widens Von Miller out here versus letting him come right here. Then they paint the other running back right here. That widens that pass rusher out here. Doesn't get him close to the tackle. The tackles, they eventually are gonna block these guys, but look how long it takes before they eventually have to block them. Now here's what these runners do. We call it chipping. They run through these guys, derailing them to the tackles. The tackles haven't even gone to work. Lamar already has the ball in his hand and he's gonna throw it to this crosser here. It's gonna take time, but they get time because they have a formation that derails the pass rushers of the Denver Broncos. That's what allows them to get a wide receiver that open down the field. From the end zone, you're gonna see what I'm talking about. See the alignment? Here's the running backs. Well, this, this widens these guys. That puts them all the way out here. And that really does help your tackles. They don't have to block them initially. It gives them time. 
So Lamar's gonna have time, and I'm talking about time. Now, this is a lot of time. I'm gonna stop here a couple times. He still has, he's just standing there. The formation has helped. Now he can throw the ball down the field. When you have a guy like Von Miller, you've gotta use these type of formations to widen him. That's gonna help the tackles. The more time that your quarterback has, the better chance he has of throwing it down the field and completing it. In fact, the Steelers did that last week against the Green Bay Packers. Let's take a look at one of those plays and the formation that they did use to help them with more time. Now their formation is a bunch formation. These wide receivers right here, all everybody bunched here, well you widen that pass rusher, he's not standing here. Now over here you got to back to this side so you can help your tackle with this pass rusher. Giving your quarterback time, that's what you need when you throw it down the field. Now, if we stop it right here, Ben's already going through his progression. First thing to notice, this tackle hasn't even engaged because that formation forced that defender to run so wide over here. Now your back's gonna help check here, but the tackle's doing a good job, so now he can release as another pass option for Ben. But now he can step up in the pocket and he can throw it down the field. Now from the end zone, you really get to see what a formation does to help your pass protection. Wide receivers right here. Look at how it widens that end all the way out here. That's a big difference from being out there to right here. Now, even though this guy's in a normal position, you got another runner blocker over here to help your tackle. Formations, giving your quarterback time. At the snap of the ball, you'll see what I'm talking about. The tackle on your left side, the offensive line, Okay, now finally getting engaged. Doing a good job here, and you have an extra helper if you need it. But the thing to look about, now your quarterback can step up, he can find somebody downfield. Now, this was one spark early in the game against the Green Bay Packers. Now the Denver Broncos, I know they have Von Miller, he's a great pass rusher, but if you could create a little more time for Ben, and you have a few more explosive plays that you capitalize, Boy, that could build this offense and bode well for the Steelers beating the Denver Broncos. Well, that's it for the Factor Back Studios and the Steelers Playbook Show here. Go Steelers, baby. Merrill Hodge, I tell you what, he's another one of those guys. We're, we're very spoiled in this town. We got a lot of people that I could just listen, talk football forever. And, uh, and Merrill Hodge is certainly one of those uh Wealth of experience. I mean, uh, long career in the National Football League as a running back. Um, I believe, what, seven or eight of those seasons with the Steelers. I believe it was eight seasons with the Steelers. Uh, Merrill, I mean, there's a reason that he was that he was on ESPN for a long time, breaking down film and, and, and breaking down game plans and those type of things. He has got a keen eye for football, obviously, and he just is really good at relaying the information and explaining all these different things. Uh, love listening to Merrill Hodge talk ball, and uh, and that's the playbook. You can uh, all these uh, most of these you know these Steelers uh, audios that we bring you are are available um, in video form as well too on Steelers.com. I'm Wesley Euler. I'm in solo today, but we are continuing our typical Friday shenanigans and hijinks. I do need your guys' help. Before we go to our last break here, right, and we come back and we, we really get the, the goofiness cranked up a little, a little bit, I need you guys' thoughts here on this. And, and you know where to get at me on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. I started a little bit of a debate on Twitter. 
and it was about the weather outside. Okay, now this will obviously be more difficult for those of you who aren't in Pittsburgh right now, but I'm sure you still have an opinion on this. It's been really nice in Pittsburgh. Like, it's it's like high 70s out all week, and that's just not typical for those of you who are familiar with the area for this time of year. It Normally, once we start to get in October, the temperatures drop to the 50s and 60s. It gets cold out. Not freezing quite yet, but it starts to get colder, um, and that just has not happened yet this year. And I'm enjoying it. I I love all four seasons. I am a four seasons guy. There is something that I like and honestly something that I dislike about every season. But you guys that have listened to this show for more than 15 minutes, you know one of my favorite things in this world is pond hockey. I love the wintertime. I love being able to go out and skate for free right around the corner from my house and, and you know, for five hours at a time with my boys or for 15 minutes in the morning before I go to work. It's great. That's the thing about hockey, right? You can't like football and basketball and baseball and soccer and tennis. You can't just go to the park. You can't just find a spot of grass and and play hockey. You got to have ice, and that is obviously a challenge, and the only time you get that for free is for a couple months during the winter. So don't get me wrong. There are things about the cold and the winter that I'm looking forward to, but I'll just never understand like those of yins out there who complain that it's too warm outside for October. Like... You're, we're going to look up in two or three weeks from now, and it's going to be six degrees outside, and it's going to be dark and miserable and frigid. The, the, the cold is coming, all right? Just relax. Just put your shorts on now. Still go outside, and then you can turn on the grill and grill out some food easy, and just enjoy it, you jabronis. All right? My guy CC, Chris Carter's got my back on this, but Brian Bacco and Brooke Pryor are on the other side. So if you want to chime in on this weather civil war that we got going on here on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, it is now your last chance to get those predictions in too, you knuckleheads, because when we come back here for the final segment of the show, I will have all your typical Friday bells and whistles. We'll, we'll sing the Here We Go song. I'll give you my prediction for the Steelers game along with some of my other favorite uh, NFL predictions for the weekend. I'll also read off every single one of your predictions. Get to your questions as well, too. So at Wesley Euler, if you want to get involved for the last segment, that is where you find me. Here We Go songs, predictions, all that fun stuff. When we return on the other side, you're listening to the Steelers Blitz. I'm Wesley Euler, and this is SNR.